This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you have joined us. Governor Rick Snyder has signed controversial legislation that allows Enbridge Energy to build a pipeline housed in a tunnel to send crude and oil and natural gas beneath the Straits of Mackinac. This new tunnel will replace a section of the aging Line 5, which is perhaps one of the most dangerous environmental hazards we have in the state of Michigan. Opponents of the line have long said Line 5 just needs to be shut down and shut down immediately. But the governor sees this as a compromise. Enbridge gets to continue using its pipeline and the environmental risks are reduced while a three-person commission oversees the construction and use of the new tunnel. Joining us now to talk more about Line 5 and its future is Ari Adler. He is Governor Rick Snyder's Director of Communications. Ari, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks. Good morning, Stephen. Yes. Uh, busy last few weeks for you guys up there in Lansing. Let's start with uh, why this is such a priority for Governor Snyder in this lame duck period. Well, it's been a priority for the governor for years. This is all coming to a culmination right now in these last few weeks of the year. But it's a process that's been underway for about four years now with uh, task forces and reviews and studies uh, and now those studies have led to recommendations, and now we're implementing the recommendations. So uh, this idea of um, uh, of giving the governor a lot of control that goes beyond his governorship over this deal, is this an attempt to, to sort of stop Governor-elect Whitmer, who says she might want to shut the line down, from having her say about this issue? Well, the authority that's created through this law that was signed was all about uh, having oversight to construct this tunnel appropriately and make sure that it's done right. And as I said, this has been going on for years now, and the governor, Governor Snyder, has been working on this. And the way he sees it is, isn't it better to uh, have him wrap up the work that's been underway rather than handing it off to someone who's just starting out and has plenty of other things to do? So, Let's not hand over things unfinished. Let's wrap up what we can. Well, but come on, that's that's uh, the, the, you absolutely are precluding her from making decisions that, as the person who was now elected to lead the state, she ought to she ought to be able to do. This idea that somehow you're doing her a favor by taking this off her plate—that's kind of disingenuous, isn't it? Well, I don't think so. I mean, we've been working on this for four years. Governor Snyder has been, and, and his focus in all of this has been how do we protect the Great Lakes, protect the Straits of Mackinac from a potential oil spill from Line 5. And the the best way, according to the independent reviews, is to get that line inside a tunnel that needs to be built. So we've been working to try to get that done. Mm. Uh, this is going to take some time to actually build this tunnel what if happens if there's a spill from the pipeline in the years that it takes us to get that done? Are there any guarantees that won't happen? Well, it's always difficult to provide a guarantee on something like this. I mean, that's why we need to get Line 5 out of the water and put it into this tunnel. That's why the governor has been saying we need to do this. But we're doing everything we can in the short term to make sure that there are provisions in place to make sure the line is shut down if there's a problem with severe weather and high waves. Uh, we have additional requirements for Enbridge to do additional monitoring. Uh, the state is going to be doing additional monitoring of the pipeline as well as looking at things like uh, protections against anchor strikes, which is considered one of the, the greatest risks. And we've already taken uh, efforts to to 
provide uh, you know security against that sort of thing. So we're we're trying to do everything we can in that case. And then obviously the end result is we get that pipeline out of the water and put it into this tunnel where it's much safer. So uh, I want you to talk a little about the other menus the menu of other options that uh, Governor Snyder had here. One that environmental activists have pushed for a long time is just, hey, let's shut this down. Why send oil and gas underneath uh, the, the the Straits of Mackinac, underneath uh, our, our most precious natural resource, which is the Great Lakes? How strongly did he consider that option? Well, that's what the end goal is, is to shut down the current Line 5. The question is, how do you do that responsibly, and how do you ensure that that is actually going to happen? And so let's start, let's back up a little bit. The importance of Line 5 to Michigan is is very high. Uh, We are the number one user of propane in the country. 65% of the propane that goes to the UP flows through Line 5. Uh, We have an oil and gas industry in Michigan that relies on Line 5. So there's a a lot of things that uh, affect people in Michigan in a good way because of Line 5, which actually goes across the entire state. It's not just uh, going through the the Straits of Mackinac. Uh, But we need to look at what can we do to get it out of the Straits. And the way to do that with certainty is to get these agreements in place, build the tunnel, put a new line in the tunnel, and then stop using the line that's currently sitting in the water. Folks who say just shut it down may not understand or, or wish to talk about the fact that they would require court action to do that because decades ago the state provided the easement to Enbridge and they have a right to use that easement. If you go to court over something like this, you are talking about a significant amount of money and you're talking a number of years that may equal as long as it would take us to build the tunnel in the first place. And there's no certainty. You could lose a court case or lose appeals and then you end up with no one ever getting Line 5 out of the Straits of Mackinac. Hmm. Uh, and this 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 deal, um, a number of environmental advocates and some legal experts say it may violate public trust laws by giving away public property for the benefit of a private company. I wonder how, how much that possibility factored into the negotiations here from, from your side of the table. Well, I'm not sure I understand their argument since the, the state's going to own the tunnel. I mean, the, the Enbridge is going to pay for it. They're going to operate. They're going to maintain it. But it, we're not handing anything over to uh, to the oil company. So this doesn't affect the easement agreement in in any way that that they have just to have that tunnel down the the pipeline down there in the first place. Yeah, the idea is we have the tunnel, or we, yeah, we have the tunnel, and then we're able to to take the existing line five and and replace it with a line in the tunnel, so it's in a much safer environment. Mm. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Ari Adler. He is Governor Rick Snyder's Director of Communications. We're talking about the new deal to uh, dig a tunnel uh, that would uh, replace a part of Line 5, which is the oil and gas pipeline that runs beneath the Straits of Mackinac. A last-minute deal as the governor prepares to leave office. Uh, what do you think about this idea of a deal that would keep that oil and gas flow going? Is it a good solution to protect the Great Lakes from a catastrophic oil spill, or is there a better solution. Do you think it's right for the governor to appoint this commission that will oversee the project just days before he leaves office? Uh, as always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. If you want to join the conversation, that's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will work you into 
the conversation. Ari, before we get to the phones, I want to talk some about this commission. Explain how this will work and why the governor thinks this is a great way to make sure that things go well with the construction of this tunnel. Well, the agreement is set up so that Enbridge will pay for uh, the construction, the operation, the maintenance, and everything that has to do with the tunnel. But in order to make sure it's, it's done properly, you need state oversight. Uh, and the original idea was to have the Mackinac Bridge Authority have that oversight. There was some concern about sort of mixing the, the mission of the Mackinac Bridge Authority. And so we worked with the legislature, and they were more comfortable with creating a new authority, which is now the, the Mackinac Straits Corridor Authority. And so this is the, the state body that's going to help oversee everything that's done with the tunnel to make sure it's done properly. Hmm. Uh, let's go to the phones here. John in Detroit. Welcome to Detroit Today. Yeah, my question is, is we're going to run a tunnel or a tunnel underneath the Straits of Mackinac and put an oil line in it. What happens if the oil line in the tunnel breaks? How are you going to get tens or hundreds of thousands of gallons of oil or natural gas out of something underneath the Straits of Mackinac? Hmm, John, interesting question. Uh, Ari Adler, talk about how this tunnel will work and why this is, in your view, or in the governor's view, uh, a better solution uh, to, to making sure that, that oil doesn't spill out. What if there is a spill in the tunnel? Well, the, there have been independent reviews done that said that the safest way to run the pipeline would be through this tunnel. Uh, and that, that's going to make it even less likely that there would be any sort of a break or any kind of a problem with it. You know, it's already considered a low um, possibility now, but there is the possibility and it's, it's a high risk. So we want to get it out of the water. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have the engineering knowledge to be able to tell you exactly how, how that's all going to be done, but we have been told that uh, it is obviously going to be much safer and, and they wouldn't have as many concerns about any sort of a breakdown there. John, thanks very much for the call. And the question is, let's go to Terry in Detroit. Terry, what's on your mind? Well, Stephen, good morning. Um, Stephen, I'd like him to talk a little bit about how we're going to be reassured that this tunnel is done correctly. I mean, I think the way they're going about setting it up is a bit underhanded, quite frankly. But I'm going to assume the tunnel is inevitable. So how do you get people on board? How do we turn the conversation into doing this thing right and ensuring that we've got the right quality um, going into this? Who are they going to bring in to do it? Hmm. Uh, that's a great question, Terry. Uh, Ari, one of the things I think that people are concerned with is that at least in recent years, uh, we've trusted Enbridge to tell us what the the current line, the current condition of the pipeline is to make sure that things are safe. And we found out a couple times that they weren't telling us the truth, or at least not telling us the full truth. We've had some near misses uh, on the on the floor there, the the, the bottom of the lake, uh, with with anchors that got, have gotten caught on the, the line and things like that. How do we make sure that this is done safely? Well, that's a great question. That's absolutely the reason why we created an authority to be able to to have the oversight of what's going on with the tunnel in terms of construction, operation, and maintenance. They'll be supported um, through many state departments, including the Department of Natural Resources, the DEQ, the Department of Transportation, folks that have the engineering expertise to be able to stay on top of this. And you're right. I mean, the, the governor has been very frustrated at times with Enbridge because they had not been forthcoming initially with some of the information. We have increased oversight over time as the governor has been governor because of that. And I think the idea here is, is that they are going to do all the work, but they are going to be very closely monitored by the state to make sure it's done correctly. Uh, Terry, thanks a lot for the call and the questions there. Uh, let's go to Rob. Rob in Wald Lake. Welcome to Detroit Today. 
Thanks for taking the call. Hey, I appreciate it. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm okay with the compromise. I mean, obviously, I think it's best for the environment in Michigan if they shut that thing down. But I think putting it in a tunnel is, is certainly better than having it on the bottom of the lake. My further comment, though, to the governor's spokesman is, you know, Governor Snyder's got to be spending a lot of time thinking about what his legacy is at this point. And he's really our only backstop to the kind of partisan shenanigans that are going on now trying to circumvent the will of the people, particularly with this new bill that was just passed, changing the ability for voters to uh, put petition drives forward. So I'd like to know if the governor intends to sign uh, any or more of these bills that have been put in place to circumvent the will of the people. Uh, Rob, great question. Thanks very much for the call. Ari Adler, there are a lot of bills headed to the governor's desk that – I would describe as uh, rule changers, right? Not substantive policy so much as deciding how things get decided and this being done at the last minute after an election. Uh, A lot of those proposals would not have been, I I would argue, uh, uh, put forward in the legislature while they were about to face voters. Uh, How is the governor thinking through each of these bills, each of these changes to the rules uh, that the legislature is proposing? Well, this is a lame duck situation. We have this every two years. The governor's been through several of them where he receives hundreds of bills at the end of the year. And, you know, he never makes a commitment one way or the other on whether he's going to assign something or not, unless, of course, it's an initiative that he started. That's pretty much a given. He would be supportive of it. But, uh, you know, he respects the, the legislature's role in this. They will send over bills. He will review each one based on its policy. Uh, he looks at it uh, as a governor, not as a politician, and decides if it's the, the right policy that should be in place for Michigan. Uh, and he does that regardless of who's going to be in whatever office, whether it's in a legislative office or in a statewide elected office. Uh, he, he takes this very seriously. Uh, he reviews them all carefully, and then he will make decisions uh, based on what he thinks the best policy is. But, but this is a unique moment uh, for this governor. This lame duck session has been way more aggressive than other lame duck sessions we've had while he's been governor or go back before he was governor to to the Granholm administration or even the Engler administration. I think it's really hard to find uh, parallels to this kind of thing. Uh, How much of that moment is the governor feeling? How much is he thinking about, uh, again, uh, leaving office and perhaps changing the rules in a way Uh, that either thwart the voice of the people or contravene it in a way that is is uh, really blatant because voters just spoke uh, last month. Uh, They had their say about all of these things. Now we're coming back and and changing those things around. How much how much of that is weighing on him as he thinks about what his legacy might be? Well, he doesn't look at any of this in terms of his legacy. You know him well enough, Stephen, that he, he doesn't worry about blame or credit. He just wants to look at what's the best policy and, and get it done and work with everybody. So that's the way he's going to look at it. He's going to take it all very seriously, as he always does. And, you know, he, he has to react to what the legislature sends him. Uh, you're right. We just had an election. Statewide offices were changed. The legislature's remaining uh, in the hands of the Republicans, both for the House and the Senate. So they're representing the people that elected them to to do the job they have to do, and then he will review what they send him. Okay, Ari Adler, Governor Russ Snyder's Director of Communications. Great to have you here with us on Detroit Today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Stephen. Mm -hmm. You have a great day.
All right, up next, we're going to talk with an environmental law expert about the Line 5 deal that's enshrined now in state law. Also, don't forget, if you have to miss any of today's show, you don't have to miss out on the conversation. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. Download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you and listen when you are ready. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. John on the east side of Detroit, Leonard on in Detroit. Uh, we'll get to you next as well. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is always the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. We're talking about the New Deal to dig a tunnel beneath the Straits of Mackinac and put at least a part of Line 5, which is a controversial oil and gas pipeline that runs across the Straits, put it into this tunnel as a way of protecting the Great Lakes better than we do right now. We just spoke with Ari Adler, who is Governor Rick Snyder's Director of Communications, about why the governor signed this bill and what they think will be the protections that we have from environmental disaster going forward. Now we want to Pivot just a little bit and talk with the other side of the uh, issue. Uh, Nick Schreck is an environmental law expert and director of clinical programs at the University of Detroit Mercy. Uh, Nick, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you for having me. So let's start with this. I, I asked uh, Ari Adler whether this was legal and uh, whether this uh, idea of digging beneath the bedrock in the lake and handing uh, a portion of that over to a private company uh, somehow might violate public trust laws. He says it doesn't. He says uh, that the state is going to continue to own this this part of the lake and Enbridge is just going to use it. Do you accept that uh, answer as as the definitive word on this issue? <laughs> uh, n- no, respectfully to Ari, I don't. Uh, I don't take his uh, his answer as the definitive word. I mean, this is something that that I think will be litigated. And just to unpack this for a second. When we talk about the public trust, this is an idea that actually comes, it goes all the way back to Roman law um, and the idea that resources like water are held in trust for the public use. And so through British common law and then the Northwest Ordinance that sort of created the territory, at least under British law of the Great Lakes, we have this public trust doctrine. And the idea is that the Great Lakes are to be free for commercial activities, so commerce, ships, hunting, fishing. And in Michigan, we have public trust rights also extended to walking along the shoreline of the Great Lakes. And so the idea that, you know, putting a tunnel underneath the Great Lakes, the question is, you know, is that that bedrock or the rock below the submerged lands of the Great Lakes, is that included in the public trust? Sitting here today, I don't have a great answer for you because I think that's <laughs> something that, that a judge will look at and then likely appellate judges and then probably state Supreme Court justices because it's a really key question. We really question. haven't had this question litigated uh, to the extent that no, we can not, say what the courts. That's think right, about. not that precisely. And this is something that you know will be under the purview of of Michigan state courts. And so you know that's a question um, that I think we'll have to wait and see what what ultimately the answer is. But just note that you know Michigan, our legislature has um, control over the submerged lands of the Great Lakes. There's a, a law called the Great Lakes Submerged Land Act, and um, that 
actually comes up when Enbridge has to do any sort of activity maintaining their existing Line 5 pipelines along the bottom of the Great Lakes and the Straits of Mackinac. So if they have to you know, anchor, you know, screw in anchors into the bottomlands of the Great Lakes, they need a permit. So it's not like the state doesn't have any regulatory authority. I, you, know, you listen to the governor's people and they're sort of like, oh, our hands are tied. Enbridge has this easement. Well, that's just not true. I mean, the state, <laughs> the state granted that easement in 1953. And if Enbridge isn't following the terms of the easement, they could revoke it. Um, and yes, it may be litigated, but that's fine. I mean, I think there's good arguments that Enbridge has not been completely forthcoming with information, and they also haven't maintained that pipeline with all due care, which is required under that easement. So that's one question, you know, what do you do with that existing pipeline? And then you got the tunnel, which I think the public trust questions are still out there. And one final thing to note, I think there might also be litigation over the creation of this authority in the first place, and whether or not the creation of this new tunnel authority um, was intended to circumvent environmental review. Um, you know, one thing judges are very cautious about is process, particularly process and environmental um, mm-hmm. decision making. And so, if it looks like this this rushed creation of this authority was in some way to you know, circumvent a broad environmental impact um, analysis of what could potentially happen if you had a, an oil spill, like one of the callers mentioned, within the tunnel itself, or some sort of action, uh, accident during construction. You know, all those types of things need to be reviewed um, through a lengthy process that's deliberative and not something that's rushed at the end of December <laughs> before yeah. you've got uh, new representatives coming into. So, so I mean, this is as Ari Adler said, this is something we've been talking about for a long time here in Michigan. The future of this pipeline, there has been sort of a a push and pull argument about what to do with it. The governor, I think, deserves some credit for spending a lot of his time in office trying to to, to figure out what a solution could be. I, I wonder, though, from your perspective, whether it's frustrating to see him decide this in the, the the last hours really of of his governorship is there something problematic about dealing with this now given that we yeah. have been talking about it for many years right well i think just first from a uh, you know democracy perspective you know you look at the campaign for governor and the campaign for attorney general um this issue was discussed it was discussed at in length both of those on, on both of those campaigns so for the the race for governor um and then also the, the race for attorney general i mean this was something that came up in their debates came up often in the media they were questioned about what would you do about line five if you were elected um and you know you had you had two candidates win both both um governor-elect whitmer and attorney general-elect nestle who argued in favor of shutting down line five and so so to then have a decision made Made, um, in the month since that election before they take office on January 1st. I mean, I think that just raises some questions about um, sort of the, our democratic principles and, and the uh, sort of uh, transition of power that we like to do in an orderly fashion. So so that's one piece. But setting that aside, as far as the overall um, review and process of getting to this point, you know, the governor, um, when, when Line 5 really became an issue several years ago, when National Wildlife Federation sent some divers down and they had video of Line 5 on the Straits of Mackinac, and we could see that some of the support structures had, er- had eroded and that there were missing um, brackets and things that are supposed to hold that pipeline in place. That really started getting people concerned about what's going on with this pipeline. There was some of the coding material had been flaking off, all of that. So then the governor uh, creates this task force. So they have this pipeline safety task force that he creates to look at line five and pipeline safety across the state of Michigan. They had a series of recommendations. And, in, and going back a few years ago, they even talked about potentially doing a tunnel as you know one potential option to mitigate some of the risk of an oil pipeline in the Great Lakes. Specifically, they were looking at an anchor strike or something, you know, <laughs> hitting that pipeline from above, yeah. which we had happen last year, uh-huh. where a tugboat dragged an anchor along and, and dinged and damaged um, 
the pipelines there. So so that's what they were looking at. And this was, again, years ago. So you kind of wonder, you know, all right, if you had this proposal and you had a, a, a chance to look at going through the legislative process back then, having full hearings where you, where you bring in experts, you, you really dig into all of the issues. It didn't happen, and now all this is occurring in this sort of, you know, this lame duck legislative session. So, again, you kind of wonder about the process and, and really what is the motivation on the side of the governor, which I still really can't put my finger on. You know, what's his motivation to really want to get this thing done and to, in some ways, tie the hands of his predecessor that's taking office on January 1st? Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. <clears throat> I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Nick Schreck an environmental law expert and director of clinical programs at the University of Detroit. Mercy, we're talking about the New Deal to dig a tunnel beneath the Straits of Mackinac to put at least part of Line 5 inside that tunnel. This is the governor's solution to the risk that Line 5 poses uh, to the Great Lakes. Uh, If that oil pipeline were to, to rupture or burst, untold catastrophe would uh, unfold across not just uh, the Straits of Mackinac, but uh, perhaps much of the Great Lakes. It's an issue we have been talking about here in Michigan for some time, maybe arguing about. The governor says this is the solution he's come up with as he walks out the door in less than two weeks. Uh, If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. What do you think of this deal to replace this aging section of the pipeline with a tunnel? Is this a good solution to protect the Great Lakes? Is this a great way to preserve that natural gas dependency that we have, uh, that we rely on Line 5 to provide us? Or is there a better solution? Is there something that we should be thinking of that is not on the table? And do you think it's right for the governor to appoint this commission that will oversee the project just days before he leaves office? Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone. Uh, you can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Let's go to Leonard in Detroit. Leonard, welcome to Detroit Today. Yes, sir. Hey. Uh, Mr. Snyder is going to be known for uh, P- uh, Flint, PFAS, and oil spills. Um, we have one-fifth of the world's water and uh, to put it in danger like this is, is something else. I don't have to worry about that cop coming up from Illinois. You know, the oil, oil will kill them. <laughs> but the, um, um, the the Coast Guard has been given money to uh, find out how to clean up fresh water from an oil field. They mm. don't know how to clean up. They can do it in the oceans, but they don't know how to do it in, in fresh water. water. Uh, Leonard, yet, Leonard, I is going. Yeah, I, I appreciate the call, and I really appreciate you bringing up that last point. Nick Shrek, talk about what we know and what we don't know about the possibility of an oil spill the size of what we would be dealing with if something happened to Line Five in fresh water our freshwater, the Great Lakes. Yeah, and that uh, bill that Leonard mentioned um, actually was just passed through the U.S. Congress. Um, Senator Gary Peters um, had sponsored that bill to you know, authorize the Coast Guard to do some research into how to, to best respond to a spill uh, in freshwater environments and, and in the Straits of Mackinac. So there's a couple challenges. I mean, one, you've got um, an incredible current that goes through really both ways, depending on you know wind and all that, but you have a, a really fast current that goes through the Straits of Mackinac. Um, you also have um, ice, right? Here we're, we're getting into the winter season and this has been uh, a real sticking point is to try and figure out if you had a 
a spill. Um, how would you even um, get to that oil if it's under the ice um, in the middle of the winter? And so these are all things that the, the Coast Guard's been trying to consider. Um, there's issues with, you know, booms. Would you be able to set up a boom big enough in that area uh, to contain the spill? And again, with the strong currents. So yeah, a lot of questions. Um, and then also oftentimes, like we had in the, the Gulf of Mexico with the BP Horizon well blowout, they use all sorts of chemical dispersants to try and, you know, break apart the oil and, and, and disperse it in the water. Well, those chemicals have all sorts of environmental harms and impacts, uh, and particularly in a freshwater environment, we're very concerned about what those impacts might be. So all that needs to be studied by the Coast Guard and appropriate agencies. And one thing I was also thinking when Leonard was talking, you know, this pipeline, we're talking about the tunnel, and this is a, a, a pinch point, you know, where you have to go through the straits and but you think about um, the pipeline also runs along the shore of Lake Superior in the Upper Peninsula um, for many miles. And so, you know, right adjacent to the lake. So if you had a spill in any of that area, um, you're looking at damage to wetlands and also potentially getting into, um, and I'm sorry, I said Lake Superior, I meant um, Lake Michigan. You're potentially having oil get into Lake Michigan on the, the Upper Peninsula side of things. And so as long as you've got a pipeline, whether it's along the bottom of the of the straits like it is currently or in a tunnel, you still have the oil that's flowing to that that uh, point along the straits that we're potentially have a spill as long as that's there. Yeah. Uh, again, thanks very much for the call. And the comments there. Let's go to Chris in Royal Oak. Chris, welcome to Detroit today. Hi. Yeah. Hey. Uh, listen, I, uh, I guess I didn't study too much about the pipeline, but boy, just from a common sense point of view, it seems like a tunnel would be a great idea. I mean, uh, <laughs> get it out from beneath the currents, uh, and, uh, and something like this takes so long to, to litigate in Congress. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of glad they're getting it done hmm. uh, and just taking care of business. I, I know this has been on a few people's minds for a long time, and it seems like a reasonable solution. Yeah. Chris, I appreciate uh, the call and the comments. Mick Shrek, why isn't this just uh, a common-sense solution to the problem? Burying the pipeline beneath the water has to be safer than running it through the water. Yeah, you look at like a, a risk assessment process, and you look at potential risks to the the current pipeline um, along the the bottom of the Straits of Mackinac. And you know, one of the the top risks that was identified was something like an anchor strike. So if you if you put the pipeline below ground in the bedrock, you eliminate that risk of an anchor strike. Um, you know, you still have all the concerns about a potential spill within the tunnel and how that would be. Um, responded to and how they would um, be able to to react to that type of an incident. I think that's still an open question. Then you also have the risk, again, of that oil pipeline running very close along the shore of Lake Michigan. You have it um, you know, on both sides of the straits. And you know, if there were a shore-based spill, you still have that um, problem. So you know, eliminating some of the risk by putting it in a tunnel, I would agree. That's a good thing. Um, now, I, I do question whether or not we want to wait 10 years while this, this tunnel is being built to have the current existing pipeline that was built in 1953 sitting along the Straits of Mackinac while this this tunnel process goes forward if it does. Um, so, you know, looking at shutting that down um, in the interim, I think would be a, a, a good uh, approach from, you know, an environmental protective uh, perspective. And I would also say, you know, the, the issue of propane comes up a lot. And I think, um, you know, there are other ways to get that propane to the UP. And that's something that this is a... Um, 
held up oftentimes by proponents of the tunnel that we need to get this propane there. Well, it's it's significantly less product um, that you need to get to the UP than when we talk about the millions of gallons a day that are moved, um, of oil that are moved through the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, so potentially you could get it to the Upper Peninsula in other ways. So that, that's just something that I, I'm not going to say it's completely a red herring. It's something to consider, but um, it isn't like, it shouldn't be the determinative factor, the, the idea that we need to get some propane to the Upper Peninsula. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to Deborah in St. Clair Shores. Deborah, what's on your mind? Thanks for taking my call, Stephen. Sure. Um, I I have to admit I'm a little bit ignorant on this pipeline, but I've been hearing about it. My sister lives up north, and I'm curious. Um, so this is a gas pipeline. Does this service just Michigan, or does this uh, service the whole like sort of Midwest? Yeah. Region? Great, great question, Deborah. Uh, I think a lot of people don't really know yeah. what this pipe does and for whom it does it. Uh, Nick, give us a, a, a thumbnail sketch of who benefits from from Line Five. So we this were is, just talking yeah. about the UP and the, the right, the, gas right, that right. So that there. that's one small piece is that um, there are some you know li- gas liquids, um, primarily propane, that that's important and beneficial for the Upper Peninsula that moves through this pipeline. But primarily, what we're talking about is oil that is owned and controlled by a company called Enbridge. Um, They are a Canadian company, and this is oil that they're moving from um, oil fields in Canada um, through Michigan, um, so through this pipeline, through the Straits, through Michigan, and then over to Sarnia, Ontario, where it is then refined and then primarily used within the Canadian market. So um, this is something that it's really hard to get good numbers on, you know, what benefit is Michigan actually receiving from having this pipeline? And really what I've heard is it's basically the employees that Enbridge has working in Michigan and some of the the payments they pay for, for leases for this pipeline goes through. As far as an end user product like gasoline, we're not getting it from this pipeline. It's going to Canada and it's going elsewhere. So really we are just the transportation route for this oil product, for this Canadian company, Enbridge, to get through our state, uh, through the Straits of Mackinac, um, and down into Sarnia, Ontario. Um, that's that's really the short answer, is that we're, we're basically just um, the land that this pipeline has to traverse to get to right. where it's going. We're kind of a middle middleman Right, here. exactly, yeah. Uh, I, I wonder what you think, uh, before we break, about the, uh, the, the prospect for this whole issue. Is this a turning point in this issue that, that largely settles the argument over shutting the line down and that now the, the, the question moves to litigation over, over public trust and, and uh, property rights and, and things like that? Or do you think we wind up back in the same place that we've been for several years very soon arguing about, hey, how, 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 do, we, how do we shut this down? Yeah, I don't think it answers the question completely because you will continue to have people that live along this pipeline, both in the Upper Peninsula and in the Lower Peninsula of Michigan, concerned about it, concerned about oil spills. Look, Enbridge is a company, they've rightfully said they've never had a spill within this, this straight section of the pipeline, but they've had dozens of spills um, in in. Michigan and other states and in Canada when you go back over the past few decades. So, you know, they have problems. These, these oil pipelines do rupture. Most famously here in Michigan, we had the Kalamazoo spill um, with, with the Line 6B, which is another another Enbridge pipeline. So, you know, these spills can happen. So I think you'll when you when you look at this holistically, there's a couple things that the new, admin, the new Whitmer administration could look at from a budgetary perspective. Enbridge is supposed to pay for this tunnel, but 
the legislature just said, oh, by the way, we're, we might spend four or five million dollars on planning that the state would pay. Well, that's something that I think the new administration could potentially look at in negotiations with um, the Republican legislature about, you know, are we actually going to spend that money? There's, I think, questions about um, environmental review that'll happen. And depending on who the new director of the De- Department of Environmental Quality is and who the new director of the Department of Natural Resources is, I mean, that can sort of change the way that this, this process will be reviewed going forward. So I don't think this is the final answer here for this pipeline. I think you'll continue to have people advocate that, you know, we need to get get beyond oil pipelines. We need to get beyond fossil fuels. And then, you know, we don't have time to get into climate change and all that. But, you know, longer term, we really need to get serious about, um, you know, transitioning away from really carbon intensive fossil fuels. And that's something that we're going to hear more and more um, as we go into the future. Okay, Nick Schreck, environmental law expert and director of clinical programs at U of D Mercy. Always great to have you here to talk about these issues on Detroit Today. Thank you for having me. Up next, we are going to talk to the longtime owners of Detroit's Anchor Bar. They've turned over the keys to that establishment to a new family. We're going to want to hear about their memories about the bar, but also we're going to want to hear about yours. Are you someone who makes the Anchor Bar a regular stop during your week? Uh, Stay with us on Detroit Today. 